International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. It is this selfish-oriented worship that says, listen, I should be able to do whatever I like. Well, folks, like cannot be our standard for worship. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we continue our study with Dr. Shaw on the subject of worship. The Lord has much to say throughout the Bible about how we are to worship Him with our hearts, not just our outward ceremonies, by remembering what He has done for us and by seeking the Lord and listening to what He says. Today, Dr. Shaw brings us more of a message titled, Jesus on Worship, Part 2 as we study what our Lord Jesus himself has to say about the subject of worship. Let's listen as we look at Matthew chapter 12 together. Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. We're dealing with the subject of worship, and Jesus in two different passages of Scripture deals with two different extremes of worship, and so we'll see that here. Matthew chapter 12, beginning of verse 1. And at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were in hunger to begin to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was in hunger? And they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law? How that on the Sabbath days, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. 
And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall, be, shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than the sheep? Wherefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days? Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to understand your word, apply truth. Lord, especially here, it's easy for us to look at others and say others do this, but it's important for us not to do it ourselves. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The idea of this passage of Scripture as we look at it is keeping the purpose of worship in mind. Now, Jesus is dealing with two different problems, two different dangers of worship, and we see it with regard to the Samaritans and then with regard to the Jews. In John chapter 4, which is where we were last week, you remember Jesus was traveling through Samaria and he stopped beside the well and the woman at the well brought up the subject of worship. And when she brought up the subject of worship, she said, our fathers worship in this mountain and you worship at Jerusalem, which is the right place to worship. Now Jesus dealt with her problem. And the problem, he said, with the Samaritans is you don't know what you're worshiping. Now, the problem with the Samaritans going all the way back to Jeroboam was that Jeroboam changed the place of worship for political purposes. It was, it was to serve Jeroboam's own particular self-interest. And by the way, when you look at um, the, the history of, of idol worship in ancient Israel, idol worship was also built on feeding personal desires the desires of the flesh. Baal worship was built on a person's carnal desires. Uh, the, the lust of the flesh. Then we have the lust of the eyes. There's that which we're proud about. And there's the pride of life. That was, that was certainly uh, Jeroboam and the, the worship in Samaria. And so it is this selfish-oriented worship that says, listen, I should be able to do whatever I like. Well, folks, like cannot be our standard for worship. What I like can't be the standard. This is really important for us to all to understand. What I like can't be the standard for my music. What I like can't be the standard for the things that I watch uh, as far as entertainment. What I like can't be the standard for the things that I do. Why? You say, well, why can't what I like be the standard? Because the Bible tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're sinners. And see, because we're sinners, not everything that we like is good. In fact, sometimes the reason we like it is because we're sinners, right? Yes, that's why we like it. Uh, we, I, I am so glad that our founding fathers in the United States of America built a constitution and a form of government upon the presumption that people are sinners, did you know they did that? Because they understood that power corrupts, right? Absolute power corrupts? Absolutely, absolutely. So we have the idea that power corrupts, and because power corrupts, we have three branches of government so that there will be checks and balances. Hopefully, so there doesn't arise a dictator. 
That's, they talk about this, oh, we're going to have a constitutional crisis. When they talk about a constitutional crisis, what that means is that you've got the, you know, the Supreme Court against the president or the president against the legislature, and, and you have all of those things. You have the legislature that can make laws, the Supreme, the Supreme Court that defines and applies the laws, the executive branch that enforces the laws, that's the way it's all supposed to happen, and they all hold, hold one another in account. We even had an election, um, certain things built into our Constitution uh, in order for us to, based on the assumption that people are sinful by nature. We have the Electoral College, which really played into, into this particular election. Why did they build that, in, build that in? Because it would be human nature, human sinful nature, simply to focus upon the, the people that are most like you so that they will vote for you and ignore whole sections of the country that might disagree with you. It's why they did that. See, this is one of the things that we understand. We, ha- we have sinful human natures. And just because we like something doesn't mean it's good. And just because we like something in worship doesn't mean it's good. We have to understand our sin nature. And that was the problem with the self, this selfish type of worship. But there's another type of worship that's also a problem. And that's what is dealt with here in, in Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus deals with the problem of legalistic worship. And the Pharisees were masters of legalistic legalism, especially with regard to worship. Now, the particular issue that we see in play in Matthew chapter 12, and it was the basic concept of all Jewish worship was, it's the Sabbath. We worship on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day we're supposed to keep holy. It's all about the Sabbath. And the Sabbath concept is a biblical concept. It starts not just with the law. It goes all the way back to creation. I saw an article this past week where some, someone was asking in the article, why are there seven days in a week? It's like we have a biblically illiterate country, don't we? It's because God created everything and then he rested on the seventh day because from the beginning of creation, God created weeks. That's why there's seven days in a week. And so, so the, the Pharisees had mastered this. Now, let's just take a look at the context, because I want you to understand. We, so they got to the point where they were asking Jesus a couple questions. I mean, Jesus, in, in this particular case, Jesus' disciples walked through a field of grain. Uh, it says corn uh, of grain. And, and what they would do, and, and it was common in that time, is that they plucked and ate. You say, well, they shouldn't do that. That field doesn't belong to them. After all, when I was a kid, if I stole apples or, or if you grew up in Arizona, oranges from the neighbor's tree, you know, that was sinful. That was wrong. Those belonged to them. Well, not according to the Old Testament law. The Old Testament law in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, says very specifically that you are allowed to pluck by hand and eat wherever you go. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on plucking grain by hand back in biblical times, which was their welfare system, basically for feeding the hungry of their day. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw, and we continue a study on the subject of worship today in a message called Jesus on Worship, Part 2. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. You can link to the church at daretostand.org. Here's Dr. Shaw now to talk a little bit about an addiction recovery ministry going on at his church called Freedom That Lasts. 
Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. And if you or someone you love needs recovery from an addiction, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church. And now... Let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw tells us more about Jesus and his disciples plucking grain by hand and eating it, and whether they were violating any sort of law by doing so. Here's our teacher. You say, well, that seems strange. Wasn't there any sense of private property in the Old Testament? Yes, there was a sense of private property, but that was the, that was the welfare system. Somebody could pluck by hand and eat so people didn't have to go hungry. Uh, and usually if someone plucks by hand and you have, you're in an agricultural society, uh, you're not going to run out of grain in your field. Now, Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 23 very specifically says this, you can pluck it by hand, but you can't put the sickle to your neighbor's, neighbor's field. Okay, so if you, know, the, you have the, the orange trees, you can pick a piece of fruit off the tree. You can't bring in the tractor with the cherry picker and hire extra people. Okay, you, you, and, and that was the way things were supposed to work. And so they plucked and ate. They did not violate the law. But here's what they did. They did it on the Sabbath. And the problem with doing it on the Sabbath, at least at this time in Israel's history, was that was considered harvesting. You're farming if you pluck it and eat it on the Sabbath. Now, what they would do is they'd pick a piece of grain and they would, they would typically rub it in their hands until the chaff made its way out and then they would take the, grain, the pieces of, of raw grain and they would eat them. And that was considered, considered harvesting. I th you know what I think is really amazing? Jesus and his disciples are walking through a field. Probably looks something kind of like that little path going through a field. You know what that means is the Pharisees had to be walking behind, watching to see if they were going to do something wrong. I mean, isn't that the case? It had to be. They were like paparazzi, following Jesus around, waiting to, to get that perfect shot of him doing the wrong thing. Then they're going to publish it in their tabloid newspaper. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the mentality that was going on here. And they did it on the Sabbath. And they accused Jesus and his disciples of doing something wrong. So what Jesus does is he talks about this whole principle of the Sabbath and legalistic worship because it goes to the heart of what is wrong with them and their view of their God and their view of themselves and their ability to receive salvation. Not only Jesus does Jesus talk about this, then he goes into the temple and he heals somebody in the temple, which also was against Sabbath rules. You weren't allowed to heal on the Sabbath. You say, that sounds silly. Yes, it does. It is silly. You say, well, where is that in the Old Testament? It's not there. It's not in the Old Testament. You say, well, how in the world did all of this happen? By the way, when Jesus healed on the Sabbath, 
I don't know how else to say this. I think Jesus did it just to annoy them. I mean, he, now it wasn't in a carnal or sinful way. He did it to, to annoy them to make a point so that they could, they could understand a concept. It's funny when Jesus also healed on the Sabbath. You know, it's against, they asked him the question, do you think it's, here's this guy, maybe we can get him to do it. We can get him to do it. Uh, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus, of course, gets the answer. Jesus, you know, you will, gives the principle. And then he says, and so they're watching, oh, no, he's going to heal on the Sabbath. And all Jesus says is, reach out your hand, and he reaches out your hand. Now, Jesus, Jesus didn't touch him. He didn't wrap him up. He didn't do anything. He just said, reach out your hand. So how can they accuse him of even healing him? Except they know he did it, but he didn't actually do any work to do it. But it's, but it's now we know that he broke it somehow. You see the frustration. How in the world did they get there? Well, let me explain to you how they got there. You go all the way back to the children of Israel going into exile. Between 605 B.C. and 586 B.C., the southern kingdom was taken into exile. God had sent prophets. He sent Jeremiah. He sent Isaiah. He sent other prophets around the time to explain to the children of Israel very specifically why they were going into exile. They were going into exile because they had neglected God. They were going into exile because they had neglected His law. They were going into exile because of idolatry. They were going into exile because they did not keep the Sabbath, especially with regard to the land. And so because they had violated all these principles of God's Word, He was allowing them to go into exile. They came back after the exile and they had learned their lesson. Never going to do that again. And while the children of Israel had their problems, and there were, there were problems, there was the Hellenization of the, of the Jews, which was you know, adopting Greek culture around the time of Christ. But there was a group that they were just determined. They were never going to let the sins that led them into the exile so many years before be repeated again. And they, they were focused upon the details of the law because they had endured the exile and its consequences. And so they were committed to the traditions. And, and by the, the traditions of the things that we do, these are so important because judgment will come if we don't keep these things. And so their, commit, their commitment to tradition becomes extreme. Now, let me explain something, though. The problem with this in the law is that you have human act applications that eventually replace the law. After all, the Bible says man is supposed to work six days and on the seventh day, what he's, what he's supposed to do? He's supposed to rest. In the law, it says you're supposed to keep the Sabbath day holy. And you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. So, you know, imagine the two Jewish men in the wilderness, you know, they're talking about this, and one decides, I'm going to my mother's house, you know, the next Sabbath. The fellow says, well, why are you going to your mother's house on the Sabbath? Well, because, you know, I, I want to visit her. He's, and he says, but that's work. Well, I don't think that's work. No, I think traveling is work. I don't travel on the Sabbath because that's work. So they start to have this debate about, well, what actually is work? Well, harvesting is work, but what is harvesting? Do you see how you start, the legalistic mentality starts to get into the details of, okay, well, what is actually work and what is not work and what is actually, and, and they had all kinds of rules. Any type of harvesting then was not allowed on the Sabbath. 
And so picking the grain, everything had to be prepared ahead of time so that they would do no preparation, no harvesting, nothing that resembled work of any kind. You You could only travel a certain distance on the Sabbath. In fact, under Old Testament law, not only was it against Sabbath day application of the law to travel on the Sabbath, it was against application of the law to plan traveling on the Sabbath. In other words, to sit down and say, well, we can't go to grandma's house today, but we'll at least plan out the trip. You couldn't plan out the trip on the Sabbath. And and they had all kinds of laws uh, associated with everything. And and it wasn't that, so you have the principle and you have to have the application. By the way, you do have to have application, don't you? I mean, you have to decide at some point, I'm going, I'm not going to do this, but I will do this. You know, is, is mowing the lawn a violation of the Sabbath principle? In our house, it has been. We don't do yard work on the Sabbath. We don't have a Sabbath, but we don't do yard work on Sunday. We just don't. Now, I'm not imposing my application on you, okay? But you do have to make these kinds of decisions about what you're going to do as a family. And so, but what happens is eventually you lose the original command, and you're focused on all the applications. See, the applications become the focus, and that's what had happened here. Dr. Shaw is getting into a very important teaching point here on the God of legalism and the illustration of legalism in this whole matter of Jesus plucking grain and eating it on the Sabbath. Ever notice how Jesus deliberately did things on the Sabbath? You'll want to join us next time to get the full impact of what our teacher is saying here. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to Dr. Shaw's teaching, please visit our website. Find out more about this program and you can support Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount on our secure website at daretostand.org. We gladly offer free MP3 copies of Dr. Shaw's teaching and we would be honored to minister to you personally and help you in any way we can please call the church at 623-581-3115 today. Join us for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. 
You can also listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. I'm Celeste Montague. Join us again next time as we continue our study on the subject of worship and what Jesus was saying about him being the Lord of the Sabbath, not the Sabbath being the Lord of him. Here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts to give us an idea of where we'll be going in our next broadcast. We'll see you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. There was nothing in the Old Testament really about plucking grain and eating it on the Sabbath. That was an application. So what happens? What happens is this. The God of legalism switches from being God and what he wants to being the law itself. This is very important for us to understand. The God of legalism is the law.